Hey everybody, it's two thumbs undecided, are you ready? I'm Zach Ferguson, born 1994, and who the heck is this guy on my screen? I, my name is Sam, and I think you should also um, continue singing and give us your social security number. It's and one, some one, of your one, two, two, three, 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 three. I was one of the first ones to get a social security number. Actually. I wish. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it'd be funny, like the first, like if someone had. I wonder. I, that's the thing is, like, if you had a social security number that was like, like seven 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 seven, like it was just sevens all across, you couldn't tell anyone because if you told someone that, then they had your social security. But it's something that's kind of like this personal. That probably that person probably has a great deal of personal pride but probably like a horrible it's, life though you know it's it's, it's one it's of those... kind of like buffy who is just like she's the slayer and it's something she can't tell anyone but it's something so cool but she tells every she there's a whole scooby gang she doesn't tell everyone and i bet like she tells when, a good amount of people also i've seen that I, I know you're currently going through it so it's fresh in your mind but i'm i'm pretty sure there's a few times where she does use her buffy or her vampire slayer powers like Kind of out in the open, but kind of slyly. We're two, th- we're we're two thumbs undecided. We don't talk about social security, um, but we talk about a lot of other things. Yeah. Um, but if you were turning tuning in to find out about the history of social security numbers, um, I suggest a stuff you should know podcast about that, but not this. No, this is strictly um, media. So I mean, I will say for the last two uh, podcasts, uh, we were kind of heavy on politics. Uh, I'm. I feel myself slowly but surely becoming the man I was before 2016. Not like totally, but like all through 2016 through through through, te- through 2020, I was very heavily like I need to know everything about politics. I know that you should still, but I'm not. I don't like being a political person, so I'm. I'm. Seeing- yeah, I don't either. But you kind of have to. You, you, yeah, and I find I'm the same, but we don't have to talk about it. No, um, no, I, I have nothing to talk about politics-wise uh, because we um, have a lot to talk about uh, video-wise. Oh, I do. Okay, I did want to just refresh everybody's memory on a certain movie. So we were talking about how Buffy the Vampire Slayer sometimes uses her Slayer powers. Um, yeah. One of the stupidest, I, um, you know how like in all these superhero movies and TV shows. People like have to hide their superpowers. Uh, one of the True. stupidest accidental reveals of someone's powers, but nothing happened. Is do you remember Amazing Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, where like one of the jocks throws a football at Andrew Garfield or Peter Parker, and he catches it, and they're like, "Hey, throw the football back, bro!" Like they're mean to him, and he's like, "Okay," and he throws it, but he's you know still a nerd, so he's not good at throwing like accurately but he throws it and he like throws it at a a field goal and it like dings it like it just bends <laughs> and, and then the football guy's just like hey like oh that was a sucky throw it was it would be like what the it like bent backwards it was the stupidest I be... movie i ever it was like oh this movie sucks yeah also he's not a geek in those movies, no, he's he, a cool. He's he a skateboards. Uh, he's actually, you know he's what? Like he's like this cool. He's a worse. He's worse dude. than a nerd. He's a. I don't know if this. Maybe 
this is showing the times, but he's one of those indie sad boys is what he is. He's like, nobody understands he's, me, but I make cool, I skateboard. And I guess, you know, this is actually why I think uh, Miles Morales, the basically the new Spider-Man, is maybe a little better, is he's 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 a normal kid in a different way. He's not like a, he is a nerd, but he's like liked. <laughs> You know, he's he's not like he's he's a little awkward, but at least people like him. Well, Miles Morales is definitely the best uh, version of Spider-Man on screen, in my opinion, or at least in modern times outside of I mean, Tobey Maguire. Okay, but I, I think he is he's still, better than Andrew still, Garfield or the new one, whatever his name is. I forget yeah. his name. Um, And y you know what? This is just time locking this. I I I. I was alive and very much into. I'm still into comic books, but I'm. I was very much into comic books when the first appearance of Miles Morales came out. Like I was picking. It was part of a series called the Ultimatum series, where that universe's Peter Parker just, spoiler alerts, died, <laughs> um, and they needed a replacement. And there were all these different offshoots of the Ultimatum, like, uh, and there was this one series called uh, Ultimate Fallout which was showing basically the fallout of this ultimatum which where Magneto floods New York and kills a bunch of people um and then it was like it was like some offshoot like like oh okay fallout okay this is just going to be people basically rebuilding their lives how is that interesting little do i know ultimate fallout issue 4 features you know this new spider-man this kid i'm like oh this is going to i mean that's cool turn into a Oh, cool! Com comic book podcast. I, I'm sorry. I'm just. You look at hey, how much some people like it. No, I like. If you look at how much that issue is worth now, you could have bought that for three dollars, maybe four bucks. Um, and now and it's you worth. Didn't. No, I didn't because it, it's not worth like two hundred and forty bucks. And it's it's also you a great character, and it's only going to go up in value as the movies come out. And this you could have could have bought it. I know but you were just like I don't like. This is why Spider Man is black. No, and no. you were just like no. this is no. this goes against what I. That is completely <sighs> something completely different. Um, <sighs> Ooh, I'm sweating. But this here. is kind of this is kind of. Uh, I wanted to bring this up because I thought it was funny. Um, Preach. I. Oh, there's a new EP from Phoebe Bridgers that just came out. Uh, um, uh, for everybody who um, the EP is a. A, a single, a single from. That's not a single. <laughs> That's not what an EP means. What what does I, the E stand for? Extremely well, I don't know what published? EP specifically stands for, but I know an EP is a small record. Basically, it's like a when they used to have forty fives. I think that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. When there was, it was like a small collection of like six or seven songs. Well, an LP is like. It's like a full album. It's like an LP. It's like an EP is like a short film, and an LP is a feature. EP kind of. is ET's crazier. Um, yeah. ET, go yeah. home. EP, what a buddy. So, anyways, um, and then LP is like the more lethargic, kind of older brother who's like, maybe we should go home and sleep on it wow. <laughs> sounds like dopey from uh, an ET yeah ET is just stuck in the down. middle of being like yeah. I just found a human friend and they're just like that. that's either a great idea or a horrible idea -E um, so I so there's this so I'm on hinge now 
which is that's a dating, a dating app. app. And that's an also a type of media. Um, and <laughs> so, I just, so on I, my hinge, okay, go on. on my hinge, there was I actually do like, say I have. <laughs> yeah, I recorded myself saying that. Um, yeah, and I was debating if I should put this on my hinge because you know there, there's like this this there's this thing of like, do you want to be that film bro who has the the podcast, even though this is a radio show? Um, hey, we've put in I two years have, of this. Already. Yeah, well, I said I, you know, I tried to make it no, as sorry, official three as possible. Years. You know, we've already been to these film festivals. You know, we've had these. I try to make it to be as serious as possible. And then someone said, "Ah, so you're that subgenre of film bro, podcast bro." And I try to say, <laughs> "It's a <laughs> I radio try to, like, show." Be like, Lol, yeah, basic as fuck. I know, uh, but I try to call. I even <laughs> said, but I try to call it a radio show. Um, I swear, you gotta hold that. And then in. I tried to change this the subject and like say, "Hey, but you, it looks like you do something similar because like you can see their Instagram on Hinge." And um, she does something similar. And then she knew she ghosted me. This person ghosted me. I mean, it um, sounds exactly. So she just never... commented just to call me a podcast, bro. Yeah, and because she, she, I think, I mean, I, I mean, no offense, Sam, but that was basically, if I was seeing this from an outside thing, <laughs> she's like, oh, like, what do you do? Oh, I run a podcast show. I've talked to uh, the director of Beanpool. Well, I, I didn't. I have gone to New York Film Festival. It's like, start. oh, okay. I didn't start with that. That's it is because you probably don't have Tinge. I don't. You can don't say on your profile you have your your photos, but you also have text that you can write about yourself. And some people goof off with it, and you can do whatever you you want. But it's just on my profile. It says so I'm most proud of. Oh, so you're not. You didn't go like. Oh, by the way, I. <laughs> Did you? Did you? No, I didn't say that. Okay. I didn't. Well, I then... didn't start the conversation off with that. She came I... and like started the conversation. See, this is me now explaining Hinge to you. She started the conversation by commenting on that text that I had because you can comment on different things. But she started the conversation, oh, which so typically she means just called you out as a film. And bro. then so a yeah, because whenever you start the conversation, bro. Yeah, a podcast, bro. And um, I don't know. I thought it was funny, though. You know, um, when does when does somebody get to the point where they're not basic? You know, like even if you've lived this entire great. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just a, such a hard uh, like life to and not a, it, like when does one. <laughs> it's such one, a hard I'm life. Just, OK, it's not a hard life. People have much. I'm just thinking like even somebody I, I'm thinking who travels the world, lives this great life. Even I think they're like, oh, you're one of those people. Like everybody is yeah. one of those people. Who That's who true. is that one person who isn't one of those people? A farmer? Even a farmer, I feel like, has the uh, demographic of like, oh, they're probably like out oh, of touch. Oh, they're probably a farmer. Or like, or oh, they're a farmer. Like, oh, they're I bet out this of touch. Guy farms. And, uh, he, yeah, he's a farmer. He doesn't get. Oh, he's you know. Uh, but this oh. guy buys the almanac. Am I right or am I right? <laughs> he's a big fan of Ben Franklin. You know. Yeah, uh, Ben Franklin. That's not funny. Well, um, almanac. Was oh, I guess he started the almanac. Okay, by Ben yeah, Franklin. I guess. See, I'm yeah. one of those guys. Farmers, who likes... all farmers love Ben Franklin. That's their. They freaking their bread love bar. him. They have a farmers in Vietnam. They have pit poster print ups of Ben Franklin. Why? 
Wait, I, I don't get the connection between farmers and Vietnam. I'm kidding. I'm saying <laughs> I'm just, it's a joke. I don't I'm get the joke. I'm saying all people like Ben, Fra all farmers like Ben Franklin, including farmers in Vietnam, which obviously oh. isn't true because I'm sarcastic. <laughs> But now that I've explained I just all don't this, get, I'm sorry, I just don't get the connection. Like you said, Almanac, Almanac was connected to Ben Franklin. How the heck does Vietnam, did you just pull Vietnam out of a hat? I just want to know the connection. I pulled Vietnam out of a, out okay. of a hat, but that's okay. because I think that farming is, is a major it, it, that is uh, true. It is a big, thing in Vietnam. They, yes. There's a lot of farmers there. Um, um, or so I've anyways, seen in, in movies. Yeah, so our whole entire life is based off of... Oh, and movies. documentaries. Documentaries tell the truth, or at least... I've been getting in... You know, I've been getting more... In, it's weird. As you grow up, I feel like... This isn't true for everyone, obviously. But as I've grown up, I've gotten more into documentaries. Because I used to be like, poof, documentaries. But now, it's Court. kind of like my goat. Like, I, if it's something that I, I want a more chill night... I watch a documentary. While if I want to dive into the psyche of humanity, I watch a movie. So according to Greg Turkington, who is uh, the um, one of the uh, guests on on cinema at the cinema, he's he uh, Greg Turkin uh, Greg Turkington has said that documentaries are not movies, so they should not be given any awards in movie categories. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone's entitled to their own thing, but all's as our loyal listeners know, um, with our Myers, actually, I forget if the Myers did that. Did the best feature also include documentaries? Yes, yes because I remember specifically you picked out um, uh, uh, fire or that fire. The, oh yeah, the greatest, yeah, that was one worst of them, thing. Yeah. So yeah. So I in the Myers Award, which I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be doing this. Oh, year. Oh, we're doing it this year. Okay, we're doing it. All right, and we're doing it. At we least got to watch a lot more movies. At least to the public. Uh, we will be meeting in person. We got to watch a lot more movies, though, because we uh, last year we watched all the things because we went to the film festivals. But this year um, we did not. Uh, well, do the, that. I mean, once again, we have nothing but time and I do watch. Yeah, like, but we got to movies we gotta a week now go to find like search these films out. Well, I'm, um, yeah, I'm definitely watching Mank and I'm, I'm like once. The list basically well, okay, comes not just Mank. We have to watch things that are not like well, these Hollywood okay. movies. Another reason why I don't, I didn't like see all Land. the, I didn't see all the movies, um, was because they were in theaters and I didn't want to spend the money. Uh, everything else, everything's out basically on streaming, so I, there's no excuse, really. Yeah. So we'll find it. We'll find it. So yeah, we will do it next this year. Um. Uh, but it is so. I guess we should probably transition now because we've been talking for a while. Yes. Um, oh, the other, the one bit of film news I wanted to talk about is apparently um, P.T. Anderson's movie. I feel like we talk a lot about P.T. Anderson on the show. We are um, film bros, more than it, other people. Yeah, we are to a degree, but we also talk about our next director, which isn't really a film bro. Um, I don't want to do one of these directing episodes on someone like Scorsese or P.T. Anderson or someone like that. No, no. These directing um, episodes are basically for you and I to watch movies we have never yeah. seen. So P.T. Anderson, though, he finished um, shooting of his newest film called Soggy Bottom, which I thought was kind of funny. I think that's, that's the name of the too. movie. But also the movie, it's it's kind of interesting. There's like this, it, it's starring... 
Bradley Cooper and um what's his face? Um uh what's the what's the guy that Jim that pt anderson's always directed or always acted was always an actor in his movies but died recently from a drug uh, overdose philip seymour ha- uh, hoffman yeah so philip seymour hoffman's like what either son or oh. or relative like close relative cooper hoffman is one of the stars it's his son it's his son it's his freaking yeah son oh so get but this. then it's also it's but it's so anyways so it's cooper hoffman bradley cooper Elena Haim and Benny uh, Haim and Benny Safdie. Yeah, which I am very excited. I'm like, it's Benny Safdie. I am much more excited about this. He is an amazing actor. Is he the? um, And I'm glad the the big chin one. Is he the? He's the one that acts in the movies. He's Um, like in in good times. I do. I do like his face. I do like his face. It's not just his face. He's an incredible actor. No, I only like. I'm glad that. Okay. Anyways, that just finished rapping. I'm or just kidding. Just I think he's a, I think he's a great actor. He's good. And I just thought it was funny because it's called Soggy Bottom. But I'm also fairly excited about it. Anyways, more excited than Mank. Um, I'm pretty excited anyways, for Mank. Talk about so the movie. Talk so about this, film bros. I'm gonna like. Oh man. Oh, probably what I'm gonna do for Mank real quick is I'm gonna watch Mank and then I'm gonna watch Citizen Kane and be like, oh, I get it. What I think is funny is like whenever a director comes out with a movie and has to like go out and promote, there's just such a flood of a major director. There's such a flood of their comments of like them because normally they're not talking with press. So it only happens whenever they have this movie coming out. So it's such a flood of comments of them just commenting on how the world is now. And someone asked, so it's like I'm getting all of this things that David Fincher is saying. Otherwise, like, typically I'm not really hearing David Fincher talk outside of, you know, him talking about his movies or something. Um, but someone asked him if he's been directing for 40 years, but he only has 11 movies. And he was saying like, yeah, that's actually something very depressing to think about that I've been I've only have 11 movies to show for 40 years of directing. Which, first off, 11 amazing movies. I mean, I'd rather have the film career he has than have, like, 100 shitty movies and, like, only three of them are great. Anyways. Yeah. I thought it was fat. I thought that's it was interesting. Um, but that's something that he thinks about. Um, but so you know the, who... The trans- yeah, you know ahead. who has also kind of a small uh, collection of movies? Is our director for today, Michael Haneke? Yes, and that is how you pronounce it. Uh, Michael Haneke is an Austrian film director uh, who primarily he, he was uh, big through the early two thousands to two thousand early two thousand tens. He still makes movies, uh, but very sparingly. So yeah, so like his most recent movie was Happy End, which came out in 2017, oh, and that movie got. Let me uh, let me quickly. It went to what I was about. Quickly, I was in the middle of saying something. Sorry, but, I just had to quickly edit my. Okay, saying, go ahead. What he's been making movies since the early 90s. Yeah, so like, I guess we should, if we want to go back in time since the early 90s, um, he is, yes, he he's from um. Austria, he, his, actually, I, I found this out. His stepfather married Christoph Waltz's mom. 
So he's actually related to Christoph Waltz. That um, is. I wonder. If yeah. He was so at he the, went to. Glorious bastard. He went premiere. to the. Maybe he went to the University of Vienna for philosophy, psychology, and drama. Um, but he spent most of his time in movie theaters. And he actually has been directing since the 70s. He was a TV director starting in 1974. Um, And it wasn't until the late 80s that he made his first feature film, um, which you watched. And which one was that one called? Uh, It's called The Seventh Continent, and it's it's Michael Haneke. Haneke. Michael Haneke. Yes. Um, Yeah, it's Um, it's The Seventh Continent. Um, and it's interesting his how his trajectory of filmmaking is. Uh, you're correct. He he kind of he he did the philosophy thing, um, and then he got I guess just was looking for a job because he loves movies, and then kind of rose through the ranks in in making films. And he also directed uh, um, he directed a stage plays that he wrote. Yeah, and um. Yeah, so I guess what he's most well-known for, so if people are listening and being like, I don't know who this guy is, um, he is most well-known for his movie, like, Amour, and um, I would also say Funny Games are probably his two most famous movies. I would say out of all, like, if I had to, if someone who wasn't into movies, you may know, like, oh, yeah, I know that movie. It's Funny Games. Only because I'd say more. Well, see, I don't know. Um, I would say funny game. Uh, more maybe for like the older generation who sometimes go out to the movies. But I would say funny games only because it was remade uh, a few years later with an American cast. Uh, by and the was the poster was made by our friend of the show Kiko Stormberger, um, who came on and talked about her her. It Great was, episode uh, if you want to check that out. Yeah. Um, but she made a poster for the the remake, which was also directed by the same director. Um, Haneke is his name. Haneke. Haneke. So Haneke. No, it's Haneke. It's Haneke. So Haneke. It's like, so it's, Haneke. It's like Hanukkah, but Haneke. Haneke. So his first three movies, the first one being The Seventh Continent, which you watched, Benny's Video, and Seven Fragments of a Chronological... Of a chronological, chronolo- chrono- chronology of chance, yeah, which is actually a prequel <sighs> a of uh, um, Cloudy chance. with the Chance of Meatballs. If you yes, watch same it. universe. Yeah, um, the Chance of Earth. This is all. These three, his first three feature films, are called are part of the Glaciation trilogy, and it seems to be a trend with some of these directors. They have a trilogy at least last year or last episode ozu had the noriko trilogy that was because the same actor was playing the same actors was playing the same name um, for all three movies and they also had a, a very consistent theme of family and separation and isolation but these are called the glaci glaciation trilogy and the only reason i could find is because they move very slowly um like the movie has a very very slow uh now okay slow slow plot so you how many movies of uh Hanukkah's uh movies have you have you seen I've seen 4 so you've seen 4 um and one of them was Benny's video which is the second one and it was the movie that got him 
critical attention uh, internationally. Um, and that was kind of what started his career. And that started, that came out in 1991, 92. Um, and it kind of, was a little bit of ahead of its time. So I don't, maybe you want to talk about his first movie first. Yes, I will talk about, oh, so um, he was he was around his late 30s when he finally, so he was making all these TV movies uh, that were streamed on public accessing, and he eventually came across a news clipping about, okay, spoilers, he came across this uh, news clipping of a family who, committed suicide like a whole it was just a middle-class family who decided to end everything um and he decided he needed he wanted to make a film of this he couldn't get his public accessing uh denied him the funding for that so he went off to get it elsewhere and he did and so the seventh continent it's very it's a very i didn't know anything really about it but it takes place over three parts in the first, it's this, you know, it's just an average family going through some turmoil, like some problems, very average problems. But ever so often, you'll see maybe a crash outside, like they'll be passing a crash and they'll see a dead body. Or they're in a car yeah. wash and the mom just starts crying. And it takes place over three years. Each part is three years. And then all of a sudden, in the very last part, part three, you see them kind of ending things the the dad quits his job um the mom quits her job they take all their money out of the bank and the last three part the last part i was actually wondering what the heck was going on and the seventh continent refers to australia they i believe they moved to australia to kill themselves um it's kind of a or or but you would admit that it, it was a very slow movie. It was a very slow movie, but it was very beautiful. I mean, it was really just kind of very average for the first two parts. You know, the the young girl, it's it's a family of three, and their daughter is a little bit of a troublemaker. Um, and there's some parts where... Um, so, uh, Mike, uh, Hanukkah's, Hanukkah's... Something I love about, after basically binge-watching his movies, something about Hanukkah's... Uh, style is long takes where yeah. he'll just rest the camera and really just let his actors do the do the acting and it's sometimes not even just um, their body or their language it's their hand movements there is a scene where it's just a long take on a bowl like the young girl eating a bowl of cereal but it's not on her face it's on the bowl and you can kind of see she's picking at it and you can maybe see that the girl is a little bit disillusioned. Like she's, she's kind of tired of life, which isn't, they say in the movie that they were thinking about letting their daughter live with their parents and not bringing mm-hmm. her along to this joint suicide. But they realized after like a few years that their daughter is disillusioned by death and is not scared of it. Um, which towards the end, at least there's glimpses of that's insane. Her daughter did the did the yeah did the movie have any connection to media effect on people like did did they have a lot of shots of like them watching TV or like shots of so TVs yes that that is another style of uh, Han- uh Hanukkah's style is Hanukkah like, or Hanukkah Hanukkah 
Um, once again, Hanukkah, Hanukkah. Um, Hanukkah. You just mispronounced. You said Hanukkah, Hanukkah. It you, Hanukkah. Hanukkah, Hanukkah. Play back the tapes. All right, go <laughs> yeah. ahead. Uh, by the way, can you just edit me saying, here's a clean cut of me going, Hanukkah. No. Okay. Anyways, so um, to get back <laughs> to the movie, uh, Hanukkah's style also is you see through TVs or people are watching TV. Yeah. Um, that isn't a huge part of the seventh continent. It's They do watch TV, but it isn't like they're not watching something on feral or they aren't in, they may be influenced by TV, but there's no like they don't see a suicide on TV, you know? Um, yeah. Like really, their suicide at the end to me was very okay. I, way to ruin it. I, um, I already I already said that at the beginning that he saw a clip. Yeah, they commit suicide. Um, okay. But the most disturbing part uh, that uh, Hanukkah uh, said was uh so at the very end if you want to see a cool you know how extreme makeover um home edition is like they destroy the house and that's like part of their part of the funnest part of the tv show was them destroying the house when seventh continent because they're getting rid of their entire life there's just a three minute scene i would say of them destroying their house and it's really it's kind of liberating that's interesting it's it's also very violent and in the very last speaking of in uh, the very last scene, and this is throughout the movie, is they feed the fish. They have a big fish tank. And the very last scene is uh, the dad, with almost without a flinch, smashes the fish tank. And that's when I realized the girl, like, they're stupid about their, <laughs> well, they're stupid for killing themselves. But the girl, the little girl, Not like, stupid. runs. Well, I mean, it. this is the show of, like, the girl isn't, the little girl isn't disillusioned because the girl runs out and is like, no, not the fish. Like, she's crying <laughs> for the death of fishes. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and it, but uh, Hanukkah's, Hanukkah has stated that the worst part of the movie or the part that makes people the most disturbed is there is a very long shot of them ripping up all their money and flushing it down the toilet. Literally, hmm. literally flushing it down the toilet. Interesting. Uh, like, uh, he said that people were more disturbed by that than <laughs> a family committing suicide. And Hanukkah, yeah. Hanukkah does not ease up on the disturbing. That is something. Hanukkah, he he really loves to just showing things because his next movie, Benny's video, shows the first scene is a pig getting executed which i was not expecting it's literally the I was... first yeah I, I i saw as soon as they put because it's like with this is the first scene so it's no spoils but as soon as they put the um you know whenever they kill animals they have like this machine that like real quickly shoots a like a little bullet into the head and pulls pulls out um and not only and it kills that... them so but they do it and as soon as they put that on the head i like covered the because like some of the things and this is like my 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 caution for anyone who's listening to this and being like, oh, you know, like I love, you know, raw, authentic directors. It's it is kind of harsh. Like you have to like another it's... person I was talking to on Hinge. I was telling them about that. I was watching Hanukkah videos and she said, um, uh, sounds like it's not a good director. Hanukkah. It sounds like it's not a good director for 2020. And I was like, yeah, probably not. If you are in a down mood, 
do not watch a um, Hanukkah movie. Do not watch Dude. watch it when you're in a more you're in a more sane place because some of these movies take you to and not even Benny's game because for me Benny's game which is his, his second movie um in and the th- second in the glaciation trilogy this was um it was kind of ahead of its time because Elif, like for like there is a lot of talk of uh how media is warping people's minds um more later on in the 90s and i mean i guess that the, like columbine was like late 90s right i think when was Columbine? I think it was 94. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, but even so, um, it it was kind of ahead of its time in, in, in that kind of um, rhetoric of how watching violent leads to people being violent. That or was watching 1999 was Columbine. 1999, so watching this. And then, like, Elephant, which was kind of around the idea of Columbine, came out in 2003. So I feel like there's a lot more movies about this type of topic later on in like the later 90s and the early 2000s. So this was kind of ahead of its time, but I don't know if I necessarily agree with that type of rhetoric. I don't know if watching violence leads to violence. I feel like what has become more evident, and this is getting a little bit off of Hanukkah. That's right. Um, Hanukkah, it's more of like, I believe what we've come to realize is what's more scary is misinformation is more damaging than watching violence. Cause I feel like a lot of people were saying, you know, you'll watch violence and you'll turn violent or you're watching all these things and all this stuff. But in reality, that is more harmful than, than what he's kind of referring to. But I didn't really like Benny's video that much. I thought it was kind of slow. I thought it was, after the incident, which I don't want to ruin, um, it kind of was like, okay, this kid is just a psychopath. And I got that fairly quickly. And I was like, okay, but it's this such kid a... is just... And it was very similar to Funny Game, which he made in 97. I like to think that, and honestly, that's it's just... it's Because it's, it's a, the same actor. It's the same actor, and um, I'll look up that guy's name and try to pronounce it, but... Uh, I like to say that this was a unofficial uh, prequel or like the first before Funny Games because it's the same actor. We don't truly know who the like the characters are in Funny Games because, in my opinion, they're omnipotent beings who can travel mm-hmm. throughout. <laughs> Which Funny Games, if Funny Games to me is my favorite, uh, Michael Haneke. Yeah, H- Haneke, I agree. Haneke, Michael Haneke. And do you, you want to talk about his? next move did you see his next the 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 i didn't um, see i did not see i think you're talking about 71, 71 fragments I, of a chronologic chrono chronology of chance i didn't and now reading the what it's about uh which it's 71 uh scenes revolving around a recent immigrant a couple that has just adopted a daughter and a college student and a lonely man that sounds fascinating to me because it's probably another mm-hmm. slow burn uh, but it also here, came out when you were born. Here's the uh, the thing I love about uh, ha- uh, Hanukkah is that his films are slow burns, and then something just happens. Yeah, insane happens. Like just like you won't even be expecting it. Like we're going to talk. Yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit about his the last movie I saw of his that came out was uh, Cachet, uh, or in English it's Hidden, 
and there will just be like two people are talking, and then all of a sudden the person will take out a gun and like shoot a dog, or like, just as an example. And that's not really what happened, but like yeah. all of a sudden something crazy will happen, or something will like crazy will happen on in the background. Though, yeah. So the next yeah, movie yeah. I did see of his in this chronological order is the movie Code Unknown, which is another yeah. It, it's another slow burn, but once again it just comes out of no place like it it revolves around three different characters yeah three different characters a an actress a uh a drum teacher who kind of gets into this actress life and a um illegal immigrant and how their mm-hmm. lives all come together is it begins somewhat with an actress talking to her son who doesn't want to live with her with his grandfather because his father is away on a photography shoot and it's all this it's really it's a long following shot and the mom's like oh don't worry about it go back to my place like we'll talk about this later and then she goes off the camera stays on the son the son is eating food he crumples up like a ball of like garbage and uh sees a homeless woman who turns out to be this illegal immigrant sees this homeless woman and like throws the trash in her lap um, and starts walking away. Uh, and then this guy, this drum teacher, comes up to him and is aggressively like, excuse me, do you think that was wrong? Like, that was wrong of you to do that. And this kid's like, shut the fuck up. Like, he's this punk kid. And it becomes a, a huge, it becomes this huge scene. And uh, yeah, Hanukkah's, uh, and how Hanukkah does it is it, it's so off-putting because you're, you know, this simple conversation, like, I don't like my my i don't like living with my grandfather i want to live with you she you know it's this normal scene and all of a sudden it just explodes which is why i think the slow burn is i love the slow burn and you really have to pay attention and stay awake for it <laughs> if you're watching it i'm saying that because i watched all of his movies i watched it like 10 a.m uh, yeah or 10 p.m um I also think it's interesting comparing and contrasting Ozu and Hanako, which are very direct, different directors, but they, in one of their differences, well, one of their similarities in how they shoot, Haneke does a lot of the same thing where he Hanukkah. puts the camera, like Haneke, he sees, he puts the camera looking into a doorway. Like that shot is very consistent throughout his work where he just puts the camera and it's looking into like a few doorways, which is exactly almost exactly like this the ozu shot that he has that a lot except ozu puts the camera on the ground while hanukkah has it more at eye level um Um, but one of the things that they're different i have a few things i want to say one of the things that's different is um their kids in ozu movies are much more innocent like i feel like when he has kids it's like innocence hanukkah when he has kids it's the the facade of innocence kids in in hanukkah movies are not all the time but it seems like a lot of the movies they are like bad seeds and they are they are kind of crazy um there's somewhat of a whimsical hope in ozu movies even even the saddest you know even the sad slight ending of tokyo story i could see on the main actor's face at least some hope uh-huh. In the end of most Hanukkah's Hanukkah's um, movies, his films, if you will, there's just there's oh, well. a I'm sorry, uh, there's there's dread or loss of hope. Like in Code Unknown, how it ends is uh, 
the the actress is having kind of a rough time. You know, her son abandons her, and her her husband is not being a great father. And how it ends is she goes into her apartment, and the husband is also about to go into her apartment, like right after, and he has to type in a code, and he forgets the code, and he's trying to call her, and she's not picking up, and he's just looking up at the balcony, uh, and then it, it cuts the black. So he forgets when the you code. Say, it's unknown. It's also, it is great how um, I like how his movies end. Like when the movies end, it's a lot of like cut to black kind what, of stuff. Funny ga- um, games was well, pro- what, okay. One thing I want to ask you though about code unknowns, um, would you say it honors the work of artistic quality, which witnesses the power of film to reveal the mysterious depth of human beings through what concerns them? their hurts and feelings as well as their hopes. Uh, that is a beautiful way of me saying uh, Hanukkah um, allows his actors to, he trusts his actors to a T. Uh, yeah, so that that Code Unknown was the first movie that won an award at Cannes, but it was for the prize of Ecumenical Jury in 2000. Um, e- ecumenical jury which apparently is for christian filmmakers um and it's i wonder if any of that makes sense to you like does it seem like a uh boy that's just uh canceled for some reason (sighs) boy I don't know why you just froze. Oh, you froze. Um, okay, but continue. Did, so where did you, where did I? Um, I responded by saying, like, he allows okay. his actors. So it's called, it won the prize that the ecumenical jury in 2000, which apparently is for Christian filmmakers. Um, does Does any of his, any of that movie seem like it's some kind of analogy for Christian Ideology. Uh, like. <laughs> I, oh, okay. Okay, so, there, okay. You know what? The, the only thing I could say is that everybody doesn't, at least in my opinion, they nobody gives up. So the the uh, illegal alien gets tra- like deported back to her country. But she mm. really wants to live in America to sell newspapers. So at the end of the movie, she does return to America. But, you know, to get money, she has to continue begging, basically. So that's how we end on her. The actress, I guess, is has hope for a future maybe without her not great husband. The son, who's a, a asshole, mm-hmm. you know, does leave his grandfather. So he... And then the... Uh, the one student who, uh, who I haven't, like, not student, but the one guy I haven't talked about was the guy who stopped the son, who was um, who was a black guy with, and I say that because just because he gets harassed by the police, and it was kind of a um, an early, like uh, Hanukkah's showing of how this white kid who actually did the insulting on the the immigrant, the uh, the immigrant, he was more he was beat he was actually beaten by the cops he was taken uh, we don't see this but it was assumed that he was taken 
and beaten by right. the cops. Let's let's move on to a different movie because so far we haven't gotten out of the early two thousand or even <clears throat> even into his. So funny games. We've talked about funny games before. So let's let's. I think we should move on to Piano Teacher, um, which came out a year later. <laughs> Piano Teacher. I, I watched most recently. That came out two thousand one. I watched it yesterday for the first time. That movie is also probably my up. least favorite of his. See, I also like that movie. It's interesting because I feel like it's a lot of people's favorite of his. Um, I was reading. Anytime I watch a movie, I like to read the trivia afterwards. Um, apparently, wait, let me pull this up. Uh, it was an inspiration. Well, first off, it it received the grand the grand prize, the grand prix at the 2001 Cannes Film Festival, which is like second place, and it also won best actress and best actor. Um, and since this edition of the festival, there is a law which forbids for the jury to give so many important prizes to the same movie. So this movie actually set a standard at Cannes um, that has since been like if movies can't have multiple major awards. Um, which came back as well with his movie Amour in 2012, in which um, they they would have given him more awards, but instead they just gave him the Palme d'Or for that movie. Also for that movie, um, Isabel uh, Hubert's um, performance, who's like the main actress, um, inspired actresses like Jessica Chastain and Nicole Kidman, who think this is one of the greatest uh, roles in modern film history so a lot of people love this movie um i did not <laughs> i i don't love this movie but i do think it's great i think it's great i you don't have to love a movie and don't think it's great i think it is a great movie but once again you gotta have a st- I this is you know you gotta take your steps i don't think a unseasoned film watcher or like movie watcher should watch hanukkah hanukkah's um movies i think you should watch several watch an ozu and watch some other stuff but his stuff like the reason why i love his slow burns is yeah this woman was really uptight you know she's got a very uh bad mother or like controlling mother Uh, she's basically wasted her life away to not achieve much at least in her mind and then all of a sudden she goes to a porno theater and you're like oh that's odd and then it just gets worse from there um her yeah she's very like it's the story spoilers is okay it's about a piano teacher who um is not very satisfied with her life um very uptight like anybody who tries to basically show her any kindness she pushes away she hates her mother who lives with her um and they're at a piano recital she this man i guess falls in love with her and tries to woo her, but she is so devoid of any love or doesn't understand how relationships work that her form of love is uh, just brutal, brutal sexual um, yeah. acts. And she writes a list of them, and he's... Uh, I think he... I don't... I don't I don't know what if what he does is... Like, he is disgusted by her list. <laughs> So hands. yeah, so I, I want to quickly state though that this is the actually the first book or the first movie that he made based off of a book. 
Um, and it was written, the book, The Piano Teacher, was written by an other Austrian um, who was a woman, which makes me like the movie a little bit better because this is a very intimate look at a woman's perspective, and I'm glad that it was written by a woman. And her name is Alfred Alfred Yolinik, Um, and she wrote the book for this, and it was... I guess controversial at the time it came out in the in the mid eighties, um, and so this was him directing this um, this other person's book, um, but with you know that the Hanukkah's style, um, but no, I do I I take back what I said. I didn't dislike the movie. It's just making me. I have a lot of thoughts on it that I I feel like I need to discuss it with a therapist <laughs> well no offense to you um, but you left that one uh Le liberté movie this is this is like well, okay that's one, this is like different. one yeah this is like one i don't like that movie 20th of that it's not the same i don't like that comparison okay yeah that, sorry no. that that is not a good comparison you're right liberté it just, was legit the, porn and yeah. i don't know why that was shown and people loved it afterwards um, i don't um, think they did anyways um I, <laughs> I did. Let's let's move on to another movie. Um, uh, Caché. Could I talk? Caché. Quick? Yeah, I, I want to not. I want to quickly uh, talk about. Cachet. So this came out in two thousand five. Yeah, that was two years. So he did um, after the piano teacher uh, Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Hanukkah did Time of the Wolf, which I did not see. But his, I think, it, what people consider his magnus opus is Caché. That's the movie people really? actually point at and be like, this is a legit masterpiece. And Caché in English is hidden. And it also deals with uh, videos and how <laughs> kind of videotaping can, or like uh, this newfound power of videotaping anything can kind of maybe ruin someone's life. The story is it's a bourgeoisie family who uh, the fa- it's a father, a, a wife, and a son, a 12-year-old son, 14-year-old son, and the father is like a TV producer, and they, the family or the wife and the husband are coming home, and they find a tape on their doorstep, and they play the tape. Uh, and actually, the movie opens up with footage of them in their house, like them just doing stuff, and then it pulls out, and you see that this tape is actually on a TV and this couple are seeing that someone's been videotaping them and just sending mm-hmm. notes. Uh, and so throughout the whole movie, the father is trying to figure out who is sending them tapes, who's who's videotaping them. It's not like anything graphic. It's just them in their house or them doing stuff, and it's very disturbing. And you start to realize that uh, the father has kind of a secret past and caused a in his child, like as a kid, uh, caused another boy life-changing events like uh, this that was me like it was a horrible thing to do to another boy um which was there was this kid that well, you don't have to explain okay, everything i want to explain everything anyway um it leads up and you really don't know who sent it uh, the the main father character does approach this boy who's now an, an old man 
uh, like, why did you do these videos? And he's like, I had nothing to do with these videos. So the movie ends up with us not well, truly. Well, don't ruin it. Stop <laughs> ruining these movies. Seriously, Zach. Well, why are you so insistent on? Sp- I haven't. I was excited for the ending. Okay, well, and you just ended it, for, ruined it for me. You no, know, I actually, I did. Here's the thing. I was just, a, I was just about okay. to say something else, but you will have well, to stop talking. Okay. So I, I, when I saw this movie, I heard, saw Cache, and I thought it was like cash. That you like, for you know how you like have to get rid of your cash you whenever you like on online. If you see that, like, e, isn't it's it pronounced? The, I think it's it's cachet, but like, isn't it spelled the same way? Like cash, whenever you have to clear your cash online, like you have to clear your. The, no, it's spelled it's spelled c c a c h and then e, but it's got a little thing over top. Now, Sam, the reason why I didn't spoil this is I rewatched this movie. And you have to look at the ending. Okay, great. Just watch. I did not understand. The first time I watched the ending, it's just a shot. It's just a wide shot of, I won't say what it is, but it's confusing. Like, I didn't understand what it is. Watch it on your laptop. It You have to pay very close attention, and you'll understand why I didn't spoil things for you. Well, I'm glad you just don't spoil a movie in general. But apparently this is eh, voted think... by the UK uh, as the best film of the not-naughties, which I guess is the same thing as 2000. I would hate to. So they, they say oh. this is 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 the, voted the best film of the 2000s by a UK newspaper, or by the Times um, in the UK. So there is a lot of love for this movie. Um, um, like I said again, I um I can't place it on the top. I have to rewatch the whole thing because I really didn't understand it the first time I saw it, uh, and now rereading it, and I read I read the Wikipedia page. I'm like, oh, I get it. So mm-hmm. that's why Funny Games is still number one for me. Yeah, on and then the last movie to talk about, um, which I did not. So watch. it, dude, we didn't watch White Ribbon, right? You didn't no, watch White, White Ribbon. Couldn't, yeah, couldn't get it in time. So White Ribbon was the first time that he ever actually won the Palm d'Or at Cannes. And that was in 2009. And uh, which I'm trying to find. I'm trying to double check that. Where does it show? Oh, here it is. What did it win? Okay, so he won for, for at Cannes. He won for Best Director for this movie. Um, for Sorry, for, for Caché. He won for Best Director. But he... for. First Palm d'Or was um, for White Ribbon, but he also won again in 2012 for this movie, Amour, which means love. Mm-hmm. And Amour um, is, I think, number two for me, because it's actually the first movie in which uh, it's it's a, it's one of his only films that's PG-13, while everything else is like R. Um and it's a very it has that same thing where it's a very slow movie, but I feel like it's it's something very deeply personal. Cause anyone who reaches a certain age, I'm sure, has this kind of fear of just like slowly dying. And uh, the person that plays the um the the woman who's losing her mind and is slowly dying, uh Emmanuel Rivia Riva, um she would get like very emotional shooting these scenes because it was something, and she actually died a few years later after this. Um, and it's a it's a really good movie. Um, also very sad though. Like I was very bummed out um, 
while watching this and really for all of his movies like none of this i left thinking to myself man i have a better outlook on life um Um, i did read a thing that people have criticized him for his movies being nihilistic uh but his take on it is that it's not nihilistic it's just kind of how the world is which is in my opinion is nihilistic just directors don't like being put in boxes like hey i hate to bring this guy up again but it's the one i study most but martin scorsese says he doesn't just make gangster films you know he makes films but yeah if i had and to say this was also michael Han- uh, haneke 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 uh he uh he makes depressing films this was also shot by darius um kanji who did um uh uncut gems oh. and he did um Seven, he's a pretty big um, delicate, delicatessen. He's a fairly famous cinematographer. and um, But apparently he was insisting that this should be shot on digital. And um, Haneke hated it. Or Haneke hated it. And on digital? took like a year. And he took a year to like change the look of it so it looked like it was film. Um, See, but, but Hanukkah's another thing about Hanukkah that really does seem different. And uh, honestly, a lot of uh, European films in the early 2000s and late the uh, early 2010s is it looks like his stuff is shot on videotape, like really good yeah. videotape. But it looks like it's got the ones and two or it got it has the analog of uh, of a tape, like a Betamax mm-hmm. or something like that. Well, he shoots. T- I don't know. He doesn't. He shoots video like he shoots the TV screen, which looks like a tape. But his films, I feel like mostly look like they're shot on film. See, no, but but like, I, I haven't seen him more and I do want to see him more. But uh, like Benny's game, uh, funny games, they all shoot like on a really good VHS. Like when I'm seeing, say, a also we're know. running out of time. Yeah. Um, but this Amor was the first movie I became aware of him I didn't know him at the time but that was the first of his movies that I like knew about because it was a huge it was nominated for the Oscars for best director and for best screenwriting that's probably Um, the movie that I did like I actually heard about him because I do remember it was a big buzz in 2012 so anyways that's it for uh, Hanukkah Hanukkah. Michael Um, Hanukkah I say watch his movies if you're in a good mood. Um, If you aren't, maybe watch an Ozu movie. Um, But uh, that's it. We'll uh, talk next week about something else. Yeah. Thank you, everybody.